0: I like to think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports, specifically the national football league, but more specifically the Philadelphia Eagles. That is coming to question with my optimism about this team this season. Um, But I'm I'm hanging in there like I hope you Eagle fans are too, even though you're saying, well, why am I listening to Jody? Jody thought they were going to a strong nine and seven. Well, because you like me. That's the only reason why you stay in tuned. I like to bring in people who I know no more than I do when we talk about a certain subject. I think I'm pretty good at things, but then I know the people that are even better at analyzing what the hell's going on. Uh, I know it because I read him on PhillyBoys.com and SI and listen to his Extending the Play podcast. John McMullen joins us here, and he will give you actual Eagle insights since mine has been faulty. You got any answers for this team, McMullen?
1: Uh, I think I'm like a lot of people, uh, and and when it comes to the quarterback, Jody, I mean, it's it's hard to explain that kind of regression because let's be honest, it's a pretty big sample size where this quarterback has played pretty well, uh, exceptionally well at times. So, you know, you start to to knock off the list and 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 try to figure out what exactly is going on, and and I think. You know, as I kind of had a, a little bit of an epiphany today, actually, really? because you know, you yeah, you hear all these narratives, Jody, and one of them is, well, Frank Reich and John Filippo aren't here. And those are two great coaches who I had tremendous respect for. Uh, but you know, if you look at Carson Wentz's, uh, um, 2018 season, completed almost 70% of his passes career high. Um, You know, yardage, 2019, career high. He's played at a high level with Mike Groh and Press Taylor as well. So you can kind of cross that one off the list. And you say skill position players are not good enough. They're not good enough. But you go back to December of last season when he's winning games, granted, against poor competition, but Eagles would take that right now, winning games against poor competition. He he excelled with Josh Perkins and Boston Scott and Greg Ward and all the practice squad players, everyone said, played really well uh, at the end of that season. And and then people bring up the injuries, and he's not the same for the injuries. Well, same thing. Why did he complete 70% of his passes? Why did he throw for 4,000 yards? 27 touchdowns versus 7 interceptions. These are all post-injury. So I look at the one thing, that Carson Wentz has never had to deal with in his career, really since his, certainly since his sophomore season, bad offensive line. He's always had a top ten offensive line, arguably top five. And he's got a bottom ten offensive line, arguably bottom five, because of all the injuries, all the moving parts, and he hasn't handled it. And he's fallen apart. I think that's where it starts. I think that's the foundation of it all. And it tells you a couple things about Carson. There's some good and there's some bad. It means if you rebuild that offensive line, he can be a good quarterback again. On the other hand, there's guys, and you're going to see one on Monday night, Russell Wilson, in the early part of his career, the offensive line was the weakness in Seattle. He won a Super Bowl. He went to a second Super Bowl with a below-average offensive line. He's not that type of player. He clearly cannot overcome that. I, I
0: like the uh, line of thinking, and, and I think it's absolutely apropos of what's happening this year. Let me give you one other potential theory, and I'll give credit to a tweeter I got last night. Didn't tweet me till after the show was over and done with, which I would have appreciated this week during the show last night because it's what we were talking about. But he did, and he's concise, he's to the point he doesn't really go heavy in details, but you've got to do that in tweets. He says, Jody, I'm going with the fact that he's hurt and is still suffering from the brain fog from last year's playoff injury. Remember, Primo, Lindros, etc., Uh, concussions are part of football. It's part of sports, football being probably top of the list of all the sports, and we all know now about CTE and everything else. But there's a line, and depending on – some, for some people, it can be after their first concussion. For some, it can be after their seventh concussion. But at some point, you start to see it affecting their ability to play. Could that be part of what's wrong with Carson? Because you're right, he showed all those other injuries that he had. He came back, he played at a high enough level. Well, the injury last year ended the season, so his first time back onto the field was the beginning of this year. Do you think maybe he's just still suffering from that concussion he took in the Seattle game?
1: Well, you can only take him at his word, uh, and, and and he certainly said no in the past. Uh, and he certainly said he feels 100%. He said it was scary at the time, no question about it. Uh, didn't feel like himself for quite a bit, um, uh, but he says he's passed that. And, and, you know, concussions are still uh, in inexact science. There's yep. a lot of uncertainty, and as you mentioned, they affect people different ways. Everybody's a little bit different. So you can't rule it out completely. You can only um, – asked the player himself and Carson says it's not an issue whatsoever. So I gotta take him at his word there. Um he certainly doesn't seem like he's in a fog uh when he speaks or anything of that nature. Uh certainly seems lucid at all times. Um so I you know, I I, I don't think that's even in the equation. Um he hasn't had a history of, of multiple concussions. Um, so I, I think he's fine from that standpoint. Uh, I certainly, you know, if you talk about the other in- injuries, I, I certainly think he's lost some of the athleticism he had uh, before, uh, specifically the torn ACL and the LCL. But again, he's he's proven that he could be successful post that injury. Correct. So I don't think you can just blame it. On, on these injuries. And and by the way, since, uh, obviously, the last major injury, which would be the back and then the concussion in the playoffs, which is more of a, a one-off type of thing, he's been a very durable quarterback. He's kind of passed that criticism of being injury-prone. I think that was a little bit unfair, and I think he's proven he can stay healthy. What he hasn't proven this year is that he can play at a high level. So I, <laughs> that's, that's the biggest issue. And I, I, I still point, when I look at the lack of confidence, when I look at his holding on to the football, his not trusting what he sees, to me it all relates back to that offensive line. He has no confidence in the offensive line. And even when they hold up, he thinks the pressure's coming. And it, it, it's, it's affected his whole game, his whole psyche.
0: Understood. If that is the case, and you make a very good argument for it. Again, I I think I know what I know, but I think there are people out there that know better than me. But I'll take a pretty hard stance on this one. Jason Peters is done. I've seen enough now. I don't have to see... Uh, coach's tape with specific angles and the like, he's so bad that I can get it off the Sunday regular sitting-at-home network television looks that this guy is getting abused left and right. And for the varying reasons, they continue to say, well, no, he's our left tackle. It should not be. Do you want to argue
1: with me? No, I, I think coming off that, think they the Cleveland game, I think arguably that was his worst game I've ever seen him play. Um, so I understand where that's coming from, certainly this week. I, I don't think he's played that poorly through this entire season. I, I do think that was sort of a bottoming out if he continues to play like that. The problem is, I mean, look, if you go all the way back to the summer, and that's, prob- that's part of this issue, you really go all the way back to June when they lost Brandon Brooks, and then they lose – um, Andre Dillard in August. I mean, Andre Dillard would be the left tackle. I don't know if he'd be playing at, at a high level. I, I think he'd be competent. Uh, I would certainly think he'd be better than Jason Peters is playing now or or Jordan Mailata, who I, I know the fans like for some reason but was not playing at a high level, um, is, is probably not the answer at left tackle either. Um, so it, it's one of those things where, look, that's a lot of attrition on the offensive line when you lose two starters. One's a first-round pick. One's an all-pro. And, and then, you know, since then, you lose Isaac Samalo in week two. He's back in Cleveland um, for the first time. Uh, and you think about all the moves at, at left guard. You, you have um, Nate Herbig. You have Sua Opeta. Um at right guard, you have Herbig, you have Matt Pryor, um, right tackle, you have Jack Driscoll because Lane Johnson has the ankle, the knee, the shoulder now. Uh, it's been unbelievable. The attrition they have suffered on this offensive line. And, you know, in some ways, while I say that, I think the Eagles are going to go into that fool's gold mentality that they've had in the past when they've made these late season playoff runs and say, well, you know what? If we get to 21, 2021, and we have Dillard and Samalo and Kelsey and Brooks and Johnson, everything's going to be fine. I think, I fear, that's what this team thinks.
0: We'll see what they do with their early draft picks, which if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to have a high first-round draft pick. All right, Doug Peterson said this week, the starting quarterback position is his decision. If he wanted to replace Carson Wentz, he would just go ahead and do it. He's chosen not to. From zero to 100%. Give me your believability factor on that. Uh, Believe that it is completely Doug's call and he can do whatever the hell he wants to. Are you kidding me? Doug is consulted on a week-in, week-out basis as to who his starting quarterback is. He's told. It's it's passed along to him. Uh, where are you on the 0-100 to 100 scale that Doug Peterson is making the call on his starting quarterback?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, even with coaches that have tremendous autonomy, I mean, when you have a, a star quarterback, when you have the – face of the franchise quarterback, and, you know, people can argue Carson is no longer that, but from a contract standpoint, he is. That That's an organizational decision, not just in Philadelphia, everywhere. Uh, I mean, that's, that's where the owner gets involved, uh, the GM gets involved, everybody's involved in that, type of de- in that type of decision. So, no, 0% that it's only his decision. But the the part in why I don't know he went down that road. It's not rare. It's it's that it's that way everywhere. It's no different when you're talking about the starting quarterback. So uh, no, other people are involved, uh, and I I don't see any positive at this point for Bench and Carson Wentz simply because. I, 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 Personally, I don't think Jalen Hurts is ready, but even if he is ready, I, I, I don't think he could be successful uh, under these same circumstances. He's playing behind that same offensive line with all that attrition. He's playing with the same skill position players, young receivers who are not running routes correctly, uh, backs who are not pass-protecting or, or being in the right spot as outlet receivers. He gets all that. As a rookie player, and then all of a sudden you start to think about young quarterbacks who've had their confidence shaken by playing on poor teams uh, who aren't ready to win. So, you know, if you, if you want to go down that road, you can argue you've, you've destroyed two quarterbacks instead of one. I'd rather just play this out with Carson and see how it works, if he can turn it around or not. And then if you have to start thinking about other things, and really Jody, they can't move on from Carson until 2022 anyway, from a salary cap standpoint. Maybe Jalen Hurts is ready to go by that point. I don't want—I don't want to ruin him, to be honest.
0: I—I I don't want to ruin ruin him either, Hurts or or Wentz. But I want to get a look at him, Hurts, that is. Um, knowing full well that it's a tall task you're asking him to, rookie quarterback, no preseason, doesn't ever get starter snaps in practice because Carson is never hurt. He's become durable, as you stated correctly earlier. Well, if he never gets in a game this year, we're going to know no more next year, going into next year. And, shoot, if the Eagles lose out and there's a top quarterback and they got a top five pick, and the the real next quarterback at Eagles is available, I want to at least have the option to think about that. I need to know about Hertz. And, oh, by the way, if he goes in and starts playing well, better than Carson, then you absolutely know, well, it's Carson. It's not all the other things around him, the god-awful offensive line that John McMullen suggested. You can get some more information for evaluation for this team going forward.
1: Yeah, I think you can, but I, I, I do think you can have an artificial bump uh, because people will get uh, a little energy uh, from a change like that in, in a, in a one-game atmosphere, or at least potentially. Uh, and, and really, you're not going to get a, a full view until you get the larger sample size. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about a game, or are we talking about four games, five games? Uh, maybe you can get a better feel if he finishes the season. Uh, I, I, You know, the Eagles are in first place. I, I, You know, they constantly say that. I'd laugh at that like everybody else laughs yep. at that. But it is what it is. It's a terrible division. They're not going to be in first place most likely after Thanksgiving. Uh, they'll have to win on Monday night. But nonetheless, the point is they're still in it. And if they're still in it, you gotta try to win the games. I, I say Herm, Herm Edwards rules apply. Yep. You play to win the game. If they're out of it, yeah, then go ahead. Then play Jalen Hurts. Who cares? But if you're still in it and you still got a chance, you gotta play the quarterback that you think gives you the best chance to win. And I do believe that the Eagles think that's Carson Wentz right now, more so because they don't think Jalen Hurts is ready.
0: Okay. Here's my stance to that stance, which I think is right. You and I are agreeing on one thing. You have to play to win the games, like Herman said, until you're officially eliminated. The unknown of Jalen Hurts to me right now gives you a better chance to win than the known of Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can make that argument because Carson has played that poorly. Yeah. I, I, I can't really say that's not a possibility because it's really difficult to say that somebody's not going to play better than that. I mean, he's in the conversation of being certainly in the bottom five starting quarterbacks in this league. I never thought we'd be having this conversation, but that's the way he's played. So uh it, it's not that I don't believe that Jalen Hurts could come in and, and play a little bit better. I think it would probably be you know, a, a more raw experience as far as, you know, maybe more playground football, maybe, maybe extending plays, maybe doing things in a, in a little bit of a different fashion. But I also think that's the way the NFL is going as a whole. So maybe that helps you as well. Um, but I don't, I, I think the Eagles are also realistic from that contract standpoint and the salary cap. Issues that they have, and remember, remember, Jody, because of COVID-19, that the salary cap is going to be scaled back dramatically uh, for the first time. So you're talking about a team that's going to be 80-plus million over the cap. Now they're going to have 20-plus or so, 23 to carry over, but that's still a lot of money over the cap. If they trade Carson Wentz, that's a thirty-three million cap hit.
0: Right.
1: If they cut him, spot sixty. They can't move on. So they kind of know that as well. So that's baked into all of this. Right. He's the quarterback until twenty twenty-two, and then you can revisit it.
0: And I didn't. Think and that's I... where I
1: say the hope is you get that offensive line healthy, and he can get back going in the right direction. Otherwise. Right. It's going to be Jalen Hurts, and who knows, maybe somebody else.
0: Didn't think I was ever going to say this, but if Carson's on the team, it doesn't mean that he has to play. He can grab a clipboard, and if you've got a, be- a better option, even if it's an unknown, then I think you're obligated to try it. I was never going to go there. I've now officially gone there. All right, last thing, because <laughs> I do want to ask you about this. Um, Eagles made a move today, brought Howard back uh, at the running back position, just signed him to the practice squad, um, going to the diverse ends. He never actually sees the field, never gets off the practice squad, as a matter of fact, as compared to he actually comes in and becomes a major factor for the Eagles. Uh, We know the answer is probably somewhere between, in the middle of those two uh, theories. Which one is more likely? He doesn't ever see the field for the Eagles, or he actually becomes a significant contributor to them in the last six games?
1: Well, I think he's going to get an opportunity. Remember, the rules are changed this year. That's why he's on the practice squad. You can have veteran players you can elevate, uh, to, uh, for game day. I wouldn't be surprised if he's elevated this week. Um, and, and they want that be t- between the tackle presence as a runner they haven't had. So I, I think he's going to get an opportunity. I mean, he was, he was not good in Miami. So we have to see where he was. And remember, he, he had that little run, uh, last season where he was the starting running back. People yes. kind of forget that. Oh, yeah. And Miles Sanders got benched and he was playing really, really well. And then he got that stinger injury. Essentially his, his year was done. So I, if they get back that guy, um, he's going to be a significant part of that, this offense. It's hard to imagine that considering the way he played in Miami, but they're certainly looking for that trait. I remember you and I talking about that in the offseason, about getting that between the tackle runners. Yep. They never got it.
0: Never happened. He,
1: yeah, he's going to have the opportunity to, re, uh, to re-grab that job.
0: Better late than never, Howie. Always a pleasure when we got John McMullen from com and his podcast, Extending the Play, top on board with us. J.M., we will talk again next week. Thanks for hopping on tonight.
1: Hey, thanks, Jerry. We appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. John McMullen. He was on 94 WIP. All right, quickie timeout. We went along with John. So let's get the phones immediately reopened. Uh, I didn't even ask John what I thought his record was going to be. Um, I had so many other topics, I had to touch down with him. You can take it wherever you want on my phones, 215-592-9494. Specific question is, what's the Eagles record going to be last six games? How many wins? How many losses? Final six. You tell me. 215 592 94 94. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays of the year.